With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. If you can't believe what you're hearing, get the straight talk from Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. From the Rocky Mountains of Denver, Colorado, my name is Charlie Robinson. Thanks for hanging out with me for the next hour. If you want to connect with me on Twitter, you can do so at Macroaggressions. You can follow my podcast, Macroaggressions, wherever podcasts are served. Uh, Jeffrey Wilson is going to be our first guest. We've got Buck Johnson coming up at the bottom of the hour. But first, let's check out some headlines. What's going on around the world? Outrage as transgender women, meaning men, take gold and silver medals in Illinois Cycling Championship. Congratulations to the uh, winners. Stunning and brave. This is uh, this is the, the state of Illinois, though, of course, with Governor J.B. Pritzker, whose brother is now his sister. So... Uh, Ron Paul calls to abolish the World Economic Forum ahead of global ID cashless society lockdown. He discussed the role of programmable central bank digital currencies and um, the slippery slope of centralized control. He was on with Glenn Beck uh, last night talking about that. Worth a watch. Uh, Ron Paul has been on the forefront of liberty, of course. I've had the pleasure of watching him speak on three different occasions at Anarchapulco. He's still fired up. He's still angry about everything, and he was right. Uh, former UK cop faces prison for implying something offensive in a meme on WhatsApp. Quote, implying. Didn't actually say it just sort of implied it. 62-year-old Michael Chadwell faces six months in prison under the Communications Act 2003 for, quote, grossly offensive implications. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what, if that's the criteria, they probably give me the death penalty over there. But have fun in prison if you're a cop who said naughty things on the interwebs uh, that your time in, uh, in prison might be eventful. Your dance card will be full. But this is what I really want to get to because it has just been announced that Time Magazine Person of the Year has been narrowed down to the finalists. I'm sure you're all very excited about this. The shortlist has just been announced. No more Zelensky. I know. I know. It's very sad. He'll show up in the immemorium. We know that, um, as they often do. You can thank uh, uh, maybe Gaddafi and, and Saddam Hussein will be waiting at the pearly gates to welcome him. Collaborators with the American empire who finally saw the, uh, the, the tables turned on them at some point when the money ran out. But that's uh, not to say that we don't have some other interesting choices on the list. We have, as you might expect, a few obvious ones. Vladimir Putin is on the list. A person of the year. They made sure to, to mention in the write-up about that, that Stalin and Hitler were also nominated for person, or also won person of the year as well when mentioning Vladimir Putin, you know, because never miss an opportunity to, to compare him to Adolf Hitler. Um, and also Xi Jinping was on the list. I think you'd reasonable to expect both of these uh, guys to be there, but Others, a popular choice. Taylor Swift is on the list with a billion-dollar tour and a $250 million grossing movie that's out and, of course, a fan favorite now at all the Kansas City Chiefs games. So so she's on the list. It's relatively harmless. But, but 
then it gets a little weird. Okay. Sam Altman is on the list, the founder of OpenAI, a World Economic Forum young global leader, probably the guy who would get killed if the Terminator had to come back and kill somebody in order to stop the robot takeover. And also our favorite king, King Vienna Sausage Fingers III of the UK. Boy, he's just a, a peach out there with his bright red face and his rat-like features. He's probably not going to win, though. I'll tell you why. Because he's up against some very difficult competition. He's up against uh, four, four different groups of people that I think are going to give him a real run for his money. So I think the king is not going to sit on the crown sit on the thorn of throne uh, this year. It's going to be somebody else. We have nominated the Trump prosecutors as potential Time Magazine People of the Year as they are in the process of breaking laws in order to fulfill their witch hunt of President Trump. Feel how you want about Trump. The prosecutors are out of their minds. And also when he's not busy trying to hyperinflate the currency and destroy America, Jerome Powell is nominated for Time Magazine Person of the Year, which is kind of perfect to have the head of the Federal Reserve Central Bank, a private bank owned by a consortium of other private banks, being the man of the uh, private banks that are located in Europe, by the way, uh, to be America's Time Magazine Man of the Year. But I'll tell you what, he's not going to win either. He's not going to win either. He's got more competition. The two finalists that will probably have to duke it out come from the same industry. The Hollywood strikers are nominated for people of the year for, you know, walking in circles while carrying signs and fearing for their jobs that may or may not be taken by the creation of fellow nominee Sam Altman, who has created open AI, which is taking their jobs because it can write scripts better than they can. Oh, oh, the sweet irony of this whole thing. They're all going to lose. They're all going to lose because nothing perfectly encapsulates the state of America as the, our final finalist here, who will eventually be the winner. I hate to break it to you. And that is none other than Barbie. My goodness, America, gotta love it, baby. Hey, at TNT Radio, we never go home. We are committed to bringing you our take on the biggest topics of our time. We broadcast live 24-7, online, globally, no matter what. We've got you covered on TNT Radio. It's the stuff. What citizen wouldn't want to make American great again? People are talking about. Vilifying MAGO is just not going to work. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Israeli government is investigating claims by American researchers that some stock traders may have had prior knowledge of the October 7th Hamas attack on Israel and used that information to earn millions of dollars by short-selling Israeli companies. Here with the story joining me now is TNT Radio news producer Adam Clark, aka Ruckus. Oh, Ruckus, why am I getting 9-11 vibes all over again with this one? This, this is an extremely fascinating story. Um, I mean, some of the listeners may be aware of trading and short selling, um, but uh, I will let you know uh, real quick that short sellers, what they do in the trading industry is they bet against companies whose shares they expect to fall 
in price. It's kind of um, backwards thinking in a way, but people make a ton of money doing this and it's not unheard of. Most people, when they hear short selling, they're like, oh, somebody's uh, shorting uh, the stock in this one company or they're shorting a cryptocurrency or whatnot. But never in my life have I heard them just coming out and saying, you know, what you and I already know and what you just alluded there uh, to with the 9-11 thing. We're, we're now short stocking uh, military conflicts uh, in real time. Uh, basically, this is wild. Uh, so how this works, uh, if you're a short seller, you basically pay a fee to borrow shares in companies and then you sell them for the current market price, hoping to make a profit by buying them back for less before the shares have to be returned. So basically, you know, they're they're making money uh, on people losing money, the company's stocks going down. So somebody got caught, apparently, in a draft paper released on Monday. Law professors uh, from here in the United States, Robert Jackson Jr. of New York University and Joshua Mitz of Columbia University, said they identified a, quote unquote, sharp and unusual spike in trading in, quote, risky, short-dated options, end quote, on Israeli companies in the days leading up to the Hamas invasion of Israel. Um, the professors wrote in uh, a paper entitled Trading on Terror, question mark, quote, our findings suggest that traders informed about the coming attacks profited from these tragic events. Um, they explained, quote, days before the attack, traders appeared to anticipate the events to come, um, end quote. They noted that short interest in the MC, sorry, MSCI Israel Exchange Traded Fund, the EIS, which tracks the performance of a basket of Israeli securities, it, quote, suddenly and significantly spiked, end quote, on October 2nd. That's just five days before the event um, they added that, quote, just before the attack, short selling of Israeli securities on the Tel Aviv stock exchange increased dramatically, end quote. To illustrate how unusual the bet against the Israeli market was, the New York professors pointed to the volume of short transactions in EIS units from 2009 to 2023, during which Israel experienced many crises from the aftermath of the 2008 financial crisis to the 2014 Gaza conflict, to the global COVID-19 pandemic, I'm sorry, pandemic, to the more recent nationwide protest against Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's judicial reform proposal. Oh yeah, that happened not that long ago. Short-term memory, folks. Throughout all 3,750 trading days in this 14-day period, the short volume on EIS on October 2nd was in the top 99% percentile, according to the paper. It reads, quote, this indicates that it is extremely unlikely that the volume of short selling on October 2nd occurred by random chance, end quote. For their 66-page paper, I it's wild. The professors used data from the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, that's a Washington-based self-regulation and market surveillance agency. Upon examining the data, they also identified a similar attempt to short Israeli stocks this April, ahead of what was reportedly a Hamas plan to attack Israel on the Jewish holiday of Passover, which this year fell on April 5th. So, these guys really lay it out uh, for the super smart economic trader nerds out there. Uh, I would recommend checking out this entire paper. Very fascinating, the implication. Uh, I think for its part, Israel said something on the matter. What did they say? According to Reuters, the Israel Securities Authority said it is aware of the matter and that it is investigating the claims. But Charlie, how much you want to bet somebody inside the Israeli Securities Authority 
also profited off of this information. Yeah, just a wild theory, but what do you think? Well, I think your wild theory is probably true, unfortunately. Look, and and, and to be fair, there were, if, if Hamas was planning this attack, there would have been people on their end that would have known that it was happening too. So it's possible that you could, in a way, try to finance your own attacks by making moves accordingly in advance of this and then shorting profiting from it and then using that to continue your your war operations but as we know Hamas was started by the Israelis they by the by the Mossad and so it it stands to reason that there was probably some advanced knowledge inside Israel as well in fact there had to have been because mysteriously and magically their guards were left down all at the same time and this when this event happened so somebody had to have known something it's a lot like 9/11 for those that that you know that think that was ancient history well go dig back into all the short selling that was happening with United Airlines and American Airlines in the run up to that there were a lot of a lot of impropriety in the financial sector a lot of people that had advanced knowledge or were really really good at guessing and buying buying op buying put options in advance of that and making unusually large economic transactions and bets uh, that you wouldn't normally make that didn't make much sense unless you had insider information but of course that would destroy the entire narrative if you were to go down that rabbit hole and discover that people knew that this was happening in advance, be it October 7th or September 11th, right? This is a, But this is a common denominator that we see with these massive events. Magically, the guards are left uh, are snoop, uh, asleep at the wheel, uh, not watching the monitors. The, 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 the cameras are all turned off. Everybody's gone home. And the place gets robbed, broken into. The, the, the event happens, and then they wake up and they just they just look around and say, well, how could this have possibly happened? You know, how could this have, we, we, you know, mistakes were made as Donald Rumsfeld would say, well, let's not worry about the past though, Ruckus, because to examine something like this would get us, take us off of our mission, right? We're charting a course forward. We can't be bothered with these sorts of uh, minor improprieties, right? Well, we're trying to win a war, right? We're the good guys, huh? Yeah, and and this adds a lot of uh, weight to the idea. I mean, it's one more brick in the conspiracy theory wall concerning this event on October seventh. Now, isn't it? I mean, if we're we're recognizing the same patterns uh, of of all these major events, I don't even know what we call them anymore. I mean, a lot of them were proven to be basically false flags. Uh, some of them are just like, hey, well, you know, we kind of let it happen. I, I think that falls under the same category. But and then, you know, people profiting in the background, being used to justify taking away more freedoms, advancing the military industrial complex. It's all of the same story over and over again. I think these old draw old dogs need some new tricks, Charlie. But, um, you know, having said that, I, I don't really want to see what that looks like. But um, at least something new would be nice for a change, I guess. Yeah, it certainly would. But they run this same play over and over and over again because it works. False flags are incredibly easy to do. They're cheap. They don't require too much uh, advanced forethought. And unfortunately, for some of these events, they're they're not bringing bringing their best and brightest. There's a lot of uh, incidents where you find you feel sort of like the junior varsity team is running the operation, and and they they get a little bit sloppy. You know, it's one thing to to have the terror event, but you could just you could almost feel like the wrap up meeting afterwards, where where the boss just looks at and goes, "You had to trade on the information." too it wasn't enough that we were doing this op you had to you had to make money how come 
come on, guys. It's a little, you're being a little greedy here. But of course, I would expect nothing less from these bloodthirsty lunatics. There's never any repercussions for their action. Nobody ever gets held accountable. So if you're them, you know, really, why would you stop? There's been no sort of punishment in the past. So uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Yeah. And if the people who are involved don't get rooted out and punished, then we know that they were in on it, right? However, if we do see a big spectacular news story going down, then, you know, there's other people that could get caught up by accident. I mean, there are just some smart people out there who just see the trends in society and, and they bet based on that. I mean, it, they could just be really smart investors and they didn't have any inside knowledge other than the ability to wake up and smell the the BS that's being fed to them. You know what I mean? Possible. They'd have to go on the record and explain to us why they knew what they knew. Uh, and maybe they could uh, get a job uh, picking stocks. Or maybe it's the next Nostradamus, for all we know. Maybe he's living among us and we don't know it yet. But, uh, uh, well, something tells me that this will get disappeared off of the off of the news rotation and it will be forgotten within a matter of days. Fortunately. But we'll, we'll keep shedding light on it, Charlie. Well, we appreciate you. Thanks, Ruckus, for bringing this story. Back on the other side of the break with Jeffrey Wilson after this. You're watching TNT Radio. You should hear what Ross Cameron is talking about. I see there's a new trend taking place, sweeping uh, the internet of what they're calling sort of technology naked walks, where you go for a walk without your iPhone, without uh, a headset, and just alone with your thoughts. Apparently some people are finding it quite emotionally taxing but subsequently liberating. Uh, certainly I find if I get into a motor vehicle with a teenager, it's a matter of seconds uh, before there is a request for uh, usually the latest uh, Taylor Swift song or some other form of electronic stimulus. We are generation apparently trained uh, for a very short concentration span and a desperate need for um, digital company. Ross Cameron on today's News Talk Radio Radio. TNT. Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Ladies and gentlemen, today's news talk. News and information. TNT Radio. We are back with the Charlie Robinson show. I'll tell you what, you come across people in life, some of them you just got to hang on to because they're too good to let go. Our next guest, Jeffrey Wilson, is one of those guys. He's one half of the Conspiracy Farm podcast with UFC Hall of Famer Pat Militich. You can catch him on that podcast network. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeffrey Wilson is back to the program. Hey, Jeffrey, how are you? I'm doing good, brother. I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Listen, I see you got the memo today with the shirt and the hair and the glasses. Thank you. Um, we want to talk about the Gulf of Tonkin incident. This uh, new Gulf of Tonkin 2 electric boogaloo, I think, is that what we're going to be calling it? This this incident that just happened in the in the Red Sea, the USS Kearney accuses Iran of being behind the Houthi rebels attack on three commercial vessels. Um and the USS Kearney shoots down two of the drones. They did this before. They did this back in mid-October. They had a similar incident going on there. 
where they shot down three ground launched missiles that they claimed were headed towards Israel. Boy, you know, you and I both know about how Vietnam started off. And and I get, you know, my spidey senses start tingling when I start hearing about ships getting attacked, you know, in a place where how would we know whether it it was real or imagined for our purposes? So what is your feeling about all of this? Because when I start to get into false flags and things like that, uh, you know, you 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 and I are sort of on the same wavelength with this. I I I assume the worst from the beginning, and then oh, yeah. if I'm proven wrong, otherwise I'm fine with that. But what's your take on this? Well, yeah, I mean, it's you know, like you said, your spider stance has no choice but to tingle. And you know, kudos to their their commitment to their playbook. You know, if it ain't broke, don't break it. I mean, this is literally they're dusting off some Gulf of Tonkin stuff from you know very very long time ago. And I'll be anxious to see if we get that same reaction. I mean, we're seeing everything. We've been seeing it for months, if not longer, this move towards a World War III, whether it's Ukraine, whether what's going on in Israel right now. So we've definitely, people like yourself and myself, have been waiting for these technically false flags. What are we going to do to justify our involvement in this area? And, you know, we've been seeing it play out. You know, obviously going on what's going on in Ukraine you know, billions and billions of dollars being sent there. What's going on now in, you know, the Middle East conflict, again, billions and billions of dollars. And something that I think I've taken note of many times throughout the years that I've talked about on our show, I'm seeing all the areas of geopolitical, you know, the grand chessboards, the pieces are shifting all the time. A lot of the places we're seeing this stuff going on, we're also seeing the Belt and Roads routes, whether it's the road route, the rail route and the maritime route going through these areas. Look at Ukraine. If you look at the map of the Belt and Road goes right through Ukraine. Look at what's going on in the conflict in Myanmar, you know, the Indian Ocean. Look at the ASEAN, Southeast China, South China Sea area. Specifically, look at what's going on in Sudan right now and the conflict and the power struggle that's going on in Sudan. And what body of water? The Sudan border, the Red Sea, which is absolutely crucial to the Chinese One Belt, One Road, what they call the String of Pearls, their maritime route, which goes through the Gulf of Aden, up and through the Red Sea, and into the Suez Canal, and what? Right into the Mediterranean Sea, into Europe, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm I'm anxious to see how this all plays out because we've been watching this tiger over there grow for years and years and years, building bases, setting up mining right agreements through Africa, Latin America, South America, so I'm anxious to see what's going to happen if this is lending itself to this larger conflict that we've been talking about a World War Three. It's it's the, like I said, the grand chessboard, the pieces are changing in real time right in front of our eyes. And it's a very interesting time to be alive. Yeah, I had John Perkins author of Confessions of an Economic Hitman on my podcast. Now, his book is instrumental in waking me up. I read that in March of 2007, and it broke my brain. I had to stop and process all of the things that had been going on because it was so powerful for me to understand sort of the the way the empire actually works how they loan money to these countries and then take back something now he's he's working on um the the third version of the book is out now and it's the belt and it's talking about the the chinese belt and road initiative as part of this and how that plays into this whole entire role role of what's going on geopolitically now so China is not the only one involved in Belt and Road. Of course, there's many, many countries are involved in it. But one country that is not involved is the United States. And of course, the United States decides, well, since we're not in this and since we're not playing this game, what we can do is we can just disrupt it. 
right? We can we can cause chaos in all of those places and all of those countries that that have a vested interest in keeping themselves together. For for the, do you think that's what's going on? You think America is the one? The American Empire is the one that's destabilizing these areas in order to make the Belt and Road Initiative just a little bit harder for the Chinese and their uh, associates to complete. Well, I, I, it's an interesting question because we've allowed them to grow these many years. So why are we going to now try to create this pushback? We're the one who provided that tech transfer years ago to give them the tech that allowed them to grow the way they're doing now. So I think it's an interesting question. And I think it the larger perspective is when we start talking about Agenda 21, to Agenda 2030, this isn't just for this month, this week. This is a, pr- a plan for the 21st century. So you and I won't necessarily be around to see how this all plays out. So I like to call them the IFCs of the world, the international financial cartels. I, I, I less and less view these things through the lens of nation state versus nation state. It's more so the same thing it's always been throughout time as far as the wars. They're always funded by these higher up groups, not necessarily even countries, these whatever think tanks, these old money, whatever you want to call it, Illuminati, whatever you want to call it. I say it's all financial. It's all the international financial cartels. So that's that tends to be, you know, tends to be, you know, always follow the money. So I, I'm anxious to see how this does play out, Charlie. When you start talking about building back better, you can't build it back unless you destroy it. So it seems like there needs to be this scorched earth. And like Smedley Butler wrote, wars are racket. So enter all of your, you know, your NG, not NGOs, you know, the, the, the no bid contracts, your Raytheons, all these different agencies and these companies that are always present during war are going to make a shit ton. Of, I'm sorry. I don't know if we can cuss here. A lot of money. We can make a lot of money. And and then, you know, it's, it's Ordo Abkeo. It's that Hegelian dialectic. Let's bring in the bring in the solution to the problem that we created. And again, nothing is really new under the sun. So I'm anxious to see how this plays out because we are definitely looking at the potential of a world war. And when I talked to uh, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn several months ago, I had a chance to interview him. And I've always been fascinated by asymmetrical warfare. He has his book, The Citizen's Guide to Fifth Generational Warfare, and like I said, we've been in a world war for a long time, but it's been, you know, propaganda, covert action, financial, you know, and it's so it it, it always is the, the precursor to a kinetic war. Set up all the chess pieces. So when you do finally pull that trigger, everything is already set up to kind of fall into place. So I don't know, man. It, it really sucks because I got a I got a grandson now. I'm a grandpa. You know, I got a two kids. I know, I mean, I'm just, I know. I'm I'm really freaked out at the world we're leaving our children. So I'm I'm wishing and praying for the best, but I I almost that meat grinder is about ready to get turned on, brother. Unfortunately, it's, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. We're not trying to put that out into the universe. We're just right. examining what pieces are currently out there. Let's dr- uh, drop off for a second for a, br- a news break. We'll be back in a minute. Check this out now. TNT Radio News. Can you say news for TNT Radio News? This is James O'Neill. Israeli forces pressed ahead with their air and ground bombardment of southern Gaza Strip as the military ordered mass evacuations. Residents and journalists on the ground said the intense Israeli airstrikes in the south of the densely populated coastal enclave included areas where Israel had told people to seek shelter. In Canada, thousands of people gathered on Parliament Hill on December 4th to urge the safe return of hostages held by Hamas following the terrorist group's attack on Israel in October. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda, it never stops. 
for the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations. Vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. We're back with Jeffrey Wilson, and we're trying to make sense of this crazy world. One of the main players that's been involved in this American empire for at least the last four decades has been Joe Biden, of course. His family is deeply involved in all sorts of nefarious activities. I wonder if you saw this story that came out today. Hunter Biden sent monthly payments to his old man from the same bank account, Owasco, uh, PC, a corporate account, that he used to receive money from Chinese business associates, according to House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer. Um, uh, Jeffrey, I heard they were also sharing Netflix passwords, too. Is that? <laughs> can you confirm that? Well, you know, even if they are, unfortunately, and this is... This is a part of that ideological subversion, ladies and gentlemen. This, the the inf- it's so in front of your face, and this kind of what lends itself to how much contempt they have for you. They're literally unregistered foreign agents in the White House. His family, his son. We have the financial records. It's not a puzzle right now. We know this is happening, but yet, let's go indict. And this isn't a referendum on Trump. Let's go indict the former president, however many times, while the sitting president is tricking off, doing just as much, if not more, dirt. And again, it gets into that demoralization of we have no faith in our institutions anymore. None. You know, again, this is a referendum on Robert Kennedy. But like, why aren't you debating this guy? Why can't he get Secret Service protect like all these different things like this is it's the inversion of reality that I think this for us, for the plebs, it makes us just we don't know whether to freaking scratch our watch or wind our ass. We just have no clue what's going on. It creates this level of like, what the hell? I don't know, man. And it's frustrating because nothing will occur. Nothing will occur. They'll have all this song and dance, bread and circus, trials, etc. Nothing will happen, dude. Same thing with Hillary. Same thing with all these cats. They they give us this this theater to get us all riled up and pissed off, steal elections right in front of our face, et cetera, et cetera. And then nothing occurs. There's zero accountability. No, and it's a classic case case of psychological projection. It's accuse yes. your enemy of that which you yourself are guilty of. And in, in the the audacity, it's almost like it's part of the psychological trauma process is that you need to watch this, this obvious uh charade happening right in front of your eyes as an example john Kerry just yesterday at the cop 28 summit gets up there and talks about how you know we've got to save the world from climate change as he flies in on a private jet and 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 there's part of me that thinks they want you to see it they want this is part of the show you know for for those of you that don't figure it out that the dum-dums that that can't figure out that john Kerry flew on his private jet or they never made that connection then then that's one thing but for those of us that do recognize that they haven't changed it they know that we know they want they want us to know it's part of the trauma, isn't it? Right. That, 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 yes. that we have to sit through here and watch this and and pull. We pulled our hair out already, Jeffrey. I mean, for God's sake, <laughs> a long time ago, we've watched we've watched we've watched so much of this. It's that that it's it's crystal clear to us. And like you said, there is just a barrier. There's like there's a filter on reality. And there's a certain segment of the population that just no matter what you do, you point to it. You show them the evidence. Like you said, this isn't the, this isn't conspiracy theory. Mm-mm. This is conspiracy 
analysis. It, we, we're not theorizing about make-believe things. We're analyzing actual crimes. And yet well, there's just no appetite from the mainstream media to want to, to talk about these things. And like you said, the projection or enter the gaslighting, it's 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 an overused term, but we are all suffering from this mass Stockholm syndrome. We're asking the people who have lied to us over and over and over again to tell us the truth. You know, regardless of what you think about what happened in Israel and Palestine and going on, you know, people start talking about civilian deaths. God damn, we have such a short, very short, selective memory because whatever we think happened on 9-11, it wasn't Iraq. But what did we do? We went in and killed however many innocent million Iraqi citizens, literally crimes against humanity, war crimes, crickets, nothing. But yet we have we have the gall to point the fingers about however other people are moving in the world. And again, we just this thing about American exceptionalism, this is the greatest country in the world. But our government gets us into stuff that makes us look like freaking chumps. And again, when these things go down, we ask them for the truth. Hey, what's going on? And they literally lie to us. And like you said, they tell us what they're doing. I think they call it the revelation of the method. They tell us what they're doing. But then when we try to hold them accountable, it's like you're, a you know, conspiracy theorist or you're anything that pushes against that official narrative any alternative view of history you're obviously even though like you said and we said a minute ago it's blatant it's obvious in front of our face who's lying it's just i don't know man i've always wondered why what that is what it, with the information being so obvious how does this mass stockholm syndrome how is it allowed to occur because we've seen them lie over and over again again it's not a puzzle I don't get it, Charlie. I, I don't. I think it goes. I think it goes back to those psychological studies that they do, like the Milgram experiment and these things that they've done over the years, where they've tested people and they've found that eighty percent of people will follow orders. They'll just do what they're told to do as long as an authority figure or a perceived authority figure tells them what to do. A guy with a lab coat holding a clipboard yeah. saying, "No, no, you got to, you got to do this. You can't do that." You know, yeah, exactly. So, so we we've seen this. This is the same reason why Dr. Peter Hotez when he's uh, doing a live interview from his home office, wears a white lab coat with a stethoscope around it, even though there's no patients at his house. You know, this is the same thing. It's psychological. It's, it's, it's something psychological. It's Tavistock. It's, it's the, the, the power of the media. It's the power of persuasion. And on top of that, we're busy, right? We're a busy country. We're busy yeah. people. we got a lot of stuff. I need my news in five seconds. I mean, give it to yes. me straight, man. Just to, yeah. you know, so when you do that, when you outsource your critical thinking to the mainstream media you really can't act surprised when you get bad results right no, that's a great way to put it outsourcing your critical thinking and again i've always said this on the show you know a lot of people who think like us like i said we're busy we don't have time to go into the nooks and crannies we watch the news for 5 10 15 minutes and we say okay now i know what's going on in the world and the last thing you are if you're watching mainstream news it, mainstream news is informed you're misinformed and disinformed and i think a lot of people's resistance, A, yes, we are busy, but we've been lied to so much. This goes back to that mass Stockholm syndrome. <clears throat> Once we start going down the rabbit hole, like you and I have gone down for years now, oh my God, they're lying about this. They're lying about that. What else could they possibly be lying to me about? Which challenges everybody's worldview. And not only does it make you ask the question, what else could they be lying to us about? Then it really belies the question, what do I do about it? And when people yeah, keep it 100 exactly. with themselves, not a damn thing. No one's really going to do shit, do anything except to just be pissed off about it. And I get that, you know, but it's like, 
I don't know what it takes, man. I don't know what it takes. We know all of our phones are mined by human slavery to create the cobalt in our phones and our laptop and our EV vehicles. But we just go along to get along. As long as our stuff is streaming, our beer's cold, our food's cold, our Netflix is working. We just we get we might get mad, but there's nothing really that happens about it. And I'm not I'm not saying this to everybody, but I mean, I think we're all a little bit kind of bullshit. We're recognizing yeah. that something is wrong, but. And again, I don't really have the answers on what to do. I think it all has to start local with our communities and our schools and, you know, start local. But I mean, I think this behemoth is so huge. It's a mouse fighting a, a gorilla, but it's like, I don't know, man. I don't know what the answer is, but it's like, yeah, like you were saying a minute ago about the psychological aspect of it, the psychological warfare, the all of it that keeps us kind of checked out. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. But well, it's, listen, it's, it's, it's such a wickedly, wickedly, wickedly brilliant and effective way of social engineering people. And it's you got at least game recognizes game. So at least recognize <laughs> what. Yeah. You have to stand in appreciation of you have the to. psychological operation that they have been pulling on us for a very, very long time. It's diabolical, of course. But boy, they have they have uh, they've done a number on the general public. Uh, Jeffrey, where's the best place for people to find you and to support your work? Well, you can check me out at I'm Jeffrey Wilson on Twitter, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y. You can check me out on Instagram at, uh, what is it? At J. Michael Will, J. Michael Will 1L. And the links to that podcast network are there. Um, I'm obviously on Facebook as well. But yeah, you can follow us if you want to check out the podcast, that podcast network. You have the Conspiracy Farm there. You got my solo show. It's me speaking to you. We got former Raiders wide receiver Kenny Shedd has a show on there. I'm just trying to grow this network. It's not just political conspiracy stuff like he's got a kind of sports show. So I'm just trying to grow the network, give some voices to people. Um, as we know, there's podcasts are everywhere, but I'm trying to uh, bring in folks to help grow this network here, bud. And thank you so we much, for the invite, Charlie. And congratulations on you growing your show, Brad. Oh, well, thank you so much. We we always appreciate you. That's Jeffrey Wilson, everybody. We'll be back on the other side of the break with Buck Johnson. This is TNT Radio. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Facts matter. And the fact is that until the COVID-19 genetic therapy injections hit the scene, we didn't have thousands of young athletes dying in competition, in training, or home asleep in their beds. We didn't blame things like a previously undiagnosed genetic cardiac anomaly or taking too cold a shower or walking too briskly to class. And the fact is that it wasn't Israelis that kidnapped Palestinian Olympic athletes in Munich and murdered them. It wasn't Israelis that blew up nightclubs in Berlin and Indonesia. It wasn't Israelis that drove a truck through a Christmas parade in Wisconsin or shot up a Christmas market in Germany. It wasn't Israelis that stabbed to death festival goers in Stockholm, it wasn't Israelis that did these things. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. The thing that drives me every day as a dad is him. Every day he's hungry for something. And there's this huge responsibility in making sure that he's a good person. I think the advice I would give is you don't need to know all the answers. It's okay to make mistakes. As long as it's coming from love, then it kind of starts to work itself out. Today's conversation, Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. We are back for a final segment of the Charlie Robinson Show. Our guest is the host of the Counterflow podcast, 
and a good friend of mine, ladies and gentlemen, Buck Johnson. Hey, Buck, good to see you. How are you? I'm good, Charlie. Good to see you again, man. It's been uh, last time I saw you was in Austin, I guess. That's right. At the American Liberty Awards, we were there. Yes. We had a chance to, uh, you know, I had late night tacos with Havor Morich uh, from TNT Radio as well, and Hesher too. We uh, we 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 ventured out after the after the the party ended and, and found ourselves a taco truck not too far from the event and uh, camped out there and ate ourselves stupor into a stupor until yes. two thirty yeah. in the morning. Listen, I'll tell you, with Texas, let's talk. Let's stay in Texas then with the topics because okay. you guys are experiencing uh, some issues at the border i might have uh the, the the rest of the world might have heard right there's some people mm -hmm. that have come to your house that weren't exactly invited what is texas going to do about all of this stuff it feels like it feels like it's being made to happen i get very yes. uncomfortable when i take a look at the group that's involved in the biden administration and i see such trilaterals as jake sullivan and and uh, anthony blinken and susan rice and all of these people that have put their trilateral memberships on ice while they rotate into the Biden administration, knowing full well that one of the stated goals of the trilateral commission is open borders, right? And so that they want to create a North American union. And then union. you catch yeah. uh, AMLO, the, the president of Mexico, former president of Mexico, uh, uh, talking about a conversation that he had with Anthony Blinken, where they were, where they were discussing a shared constitution. Uh, mm -hmm. Anthony Blinken should be taken away in handcuffs if he mm -hmm. is having conversations with Mexican leaders about a shared constitution. What is Texas's role in this whole thing? Yeah, it's it's funny. Wouldn't that almost be some of the things they they accuse Trump of doing with Russia, like some sort of um, treason or something like that? You would imagine. And I, I also like how you said uh, they're putting their trilateral uh, commission memberships on ICE, being that ICE is the one who's supposed to be controlling uh, the border down there. Uh, well done. And yeah, it's 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 clearly being done. I, the 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 phrase, of course, very obvious, but on purpose. And there's several reasons, in my personal opinion, I can't factually state this person wants it for this reason, this one wants it for that reason. I think at the, at the low level uh, frequency, they're they're basically wanting more votes for for the people that are running the show at this moment. That's kind of the low level, I would say. I think above that, there's probably some more nefarious um, things going on with it. It's hard to say who knows what, as that always is, of course. And yeah, that that North American Union, that's been being discussed now. I mean, I, I think I've been into politics and conspiracy stuff for about 23 years, and that keeps coming up. That always keeps coming up. If if we had that, I believe it was the the uh, a highway that was supposed to go, and I, I'm not sure if it's completed yet, from Canada down through America, of course, down into Mexico. And it's interesting to see the pushback that that some of the the uh quote unquote uh uh geez it's slipping my mind the um sanctuary cities you know these the, the governor of texas i believe even the governor of florida started shipping some of these people up to new york i know for a fact they were sending people in buses up to kamala harris's neighborhood because she's quote unquote in charge of the border and then they didn't like it they didn't like it when they came to their neighborhoods and so uh, I don't know if they're, I, I suspect, obviously, because of that, they're trying to turn super red states like Texas and Florida purple, then hopefully blue. But uh, I do, I, I will say this, the the immigration from Mexico 
because of this last election in 2020, uh, the bluer areas within the valley that are deeply, heavily Hispanic went red for the first time ever. So yeah. in that line of thinking, I do think some of this is possible to blow back in their face, which government action uh, causes blow by, blow, excuse me, blow back often. So we shall see. Aaron Russo was was talking about this when he produced Freedom to Fascism yes. back in 2005, right. talking about the yep. North American Union, talking about the Amero, talking about a shared yes. currency, a shared shared values. And of course, Bill Clinton and the, the Clintonites destroyed the middle class of America with NAFTA back in the 90s, right. the North, North American Free Trade Agreement. And that, of course, outsourced the jobs, not just to Mexico, but also to Asia. And that's when you had Ross Perot talking about the great sucking sound of of all the jobs being sucked out of America. And of course he was right. right. Yep. Of course he was right. He, you know, when he's running against George H.W. Bush and Bill Clinton. Think about that again. I mean, you talk about two of the worst people in the world running for president. Mm -hmm. But but nowadays it it seems like it's being done intentionally. This isn't some accident. It's not a group WhatsApp chat message where everyone just got the same idea at the same time to come up here. We understand it is being made to happen. We understand that the Open Society, George Soros' is a non-governmental organization, is deeply involved in the, the transferring of this. I had Dan Lyman on from InfoWars Europe on my podcast before, and we talked about not just the southern border in America, but also what's going on in Western Europe and how they yes. were finding this, this path through Turkey. Turkey, and they were finding people that were that were washing up in um, in the former Yugoslavia states that were all coordinated together. They all had the same EBT cards that were being financed by Soros, being yes. made by Mastercard, and being re replenished each month by the EU. So this isn't some accident, and it's not limited to America or Texas either, Buck. This seems to be. Right. Part of a much larger agenda. Uh, let's talk to let's let's pivot. Let's talk a little bit about about Ukraine because you and I we, we've talked about this in the past. Ukraine's war effort could sputter. This is a uh, uh, a, a headline out today. A top White House official. I assume Obama running his third term, but I, I'm not sure, warns that Washington is, quote, out of money for Ukraine. Uh, last month, Zelensky begged for $61.4 billion from the United States and $20.5 billion from the EU. Is is Santa going to be bringing Zelensky money or coal? I know Germany could use the coal, but uh, Zelensky definitely needs the money. Which which one's he getting this year? He's getting the coal. And I find that funny that their excuse is now we're running out of money. We can't afford to do this when obviously we understand that you couldn't afford to do this when they were doing it. And all they're doing is printing money. Of course, we understand that's how this works. Interestingly enough, now that Israel once our money and our support and our help it's kind of like ukraine became the the ugly stepkid or something that we just push back to the side and it's like okay well let's just all admit all of these things that were said at first oh putin's evil he's gonna he, there's no way his armies and his military can do this this is all about ukraine they're gonna win Zelensky's a hero look at him going out there and fighting in his little costume it's all been silenced and people just, it's like the talking points just drop off the map. And now it's Israel, 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 Zelensky, um, you're going to have to figure this out on your own. And it looks like, you know, they kept telling us, well, we have to stop Putin. He's going to take over half of Europe. Do, are we not worried about that now? Is that, 
Is that going to happen still? Like, where do those talking points go? I find it fascinating to, once you're kind of, the scales are lifted up off of your eyes for a lot of these type of events to kind of watch things play out and then just drop off all of a sudden, like nothing ever happened. And like some of the boomers that I'm friends with that were rah, 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 Zelensky, rah, 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 anti-Putin. They're not telling me anymore that Putin's going to take over half of Europe. Just they quit saying it because the the uh, the screen the, uh, the that they see as a window of truth, the TV told them uh, it's not happening now. Yeah. Well, and if ever there was a time when Putin could take over the rest of Europe, it would be now since yes. Ukraine is essentially not a factor. It, really, the time to worry about a, a situation like that would be in the present, not in the past. In the past, they were still very much in the fight with Ukraine. But of course, this is not an original thought that these people are, are having. They 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 didn't get the memo. They still have their Ukrainian flags up in their Twitter bio. They, 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 <laughs> they forgot. Now they have to switch over to the Israeli flags in their Twitter bio. And then mm -hmm. the next, the event after that, I mean, it's it, next thing you know, before, before too long, it'll be Taiwanese flags in your, in your Twitter bio. We know that the, the direction that they're going, but, but all jokes aside, this is really dangerous for the sorts of, uh, you know, for where we're headed. It seems like with Ukraine and the amount of money pouring into that place and, and, and maybe, it, maybe the spigot has turned off a little bit to the extent that it can't, if it were up to Hungary's Viktor Orban, it would be totally yeah. turned off. He has no interest than giving them anything. Um, and now it sort of pivots to Israel in that conflict as well. But do we not run the risk of fueling a much greater conflict? I'll tell you, the Ukraine situation didn't worry me in the sense of a contagion effect because I got the I got the feeling that if anything would happen, maybe NATO would get involved, and that would of course be a a, a, a catastrophe. But it, but I never really felt like NATO was getting ready to jump in. But I'll tell you, this this Israeli situation is different because these neighboring countries have mutual defense pacts with each other. And when you look at the what the lead up to World War One, this was mm -hmm. the sort of situation with Serbia and Austria that kind of got took that from a very small regional conflict and ballooned into a much bigger world war. Because when you attack one country and they have a, a friend that's legally bound to get involved with them, and they jump in, and then then the next thing you know, it it's a it's a contagion effect, and you've got uh, a dozen countries that are legally obligated to fight for one another. Do you get the same feeling that I? I get that this is sort of heading to a place where where it could it could grow and it could grow quickly. I do. And and part of this, the reason I get this feeling is because I understand having grown up, I for the people listening that don't know this, I went to a very, very um well-known Zionist uh non-denominational church in my teenage years. It, uh, John Hagee is pretty much the most famous Zionist pastor on the planet. And this in there in those people's eyes is supposed to be happening there's supposed to be some sort of massive war over there so this they believe in this false theology called dispensationalism and it's it's driven by bad theology no no christian on the planet believed in it until about 1850 through 1920ish and then through the Schofield bible which is heretical i don't want to go off on a tangent but all of these things are putting us in this very very dangerous situation to where you have Zionists within the government being fueled by people like John Hagee. And they think, well, yes, it could erupt in war over there, World War III possibly, but I think that's what's supposed to happen. This is supposed to be our end times. And it's like, you're playing with fire quite literally 
and you're doing it based on bad theology, there's always going to be people that take advantage of that in high places, whether they believe that stuff or not. Of course, they want to get rich off of it. It's a military industrial complex. We understand how that works. But my fear is that there's a lot of people that want this because they think it's sort of biblical and it's really based in truly poor theology. Yeah, that's a really interesting component to this because it's one thing when you're just ideologically aligned or this is my land or this is your land or we're going to fight over borders or whatnot. But when you're fighting over what your God tells you to do, then it takes on a whole different meaning. And of course, I think that inside the United States government, I think you have a, a segment of the political class that that don't need to be committed. They're they're Zionists. So you have uh, Joe Biden is on camera saying, you don't have to be Jewish to be a Zionist. Yep. I'm a proud Zionist. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and you hear that and you go, okay, so some people, you don't have to force them to drink the Kool-Aid. They're already on Correct. board. And then of course, there's that other component and we've seen the, the Mossad and we've seen the Epsteins of the world take full yep. advantage of how, how absolutely self-destructive these politicians are and they walk into these traps and get themselves caught in honeypots. And then of course Mm -hmm. this information is used against them later. So on on the one hand, you've got some people, they don't even need a honeypot to to fully support Israel and everything that they do. They're Zionists and they believe in that. But then there's that other component that maybe would have had a different thought if they were allowed to have a different thought. And they are in fact being manipulated and controlled. Do you think that's part of what's happening now where, where we see this blank check every single year for Israel? Yes. It's and it's and it's the people that the few people that vote against it are considered anti-Semites when it's like Biden himself said, you can be a Zionist, you don't have to be Jewish. Like you can be against these people without specifically being anti-Semitic, if that makes sense. It's uh you can be against Hamas doing what they're doing. It doesn't mean you're against every you know dark-skinned person on the planet. You're against specific acts that lead to destruction, especially when it's based on on certain people getting wealthy on purpose and then bad theology to boot. And just real quick, that IDF, I thought they were the most, one of the most brilliant uh, security forces on the planet. They couldn't, they didn't know that this attack was coming in and these guys were flying in on hang gliders, basically. Wow. Fascinating. I'm surprised they didn't find the ID card to one of them in the rubble. Well, they tried. They tried to use that story uh, somewhere else, where they said they found they found a, a passport someplace. I mean, the, they're not. They need to hire the AI to write better false flag <laughs> yes. narratives for them. Well really, done. if they were if they were right. thinking if they were thinking clearly, or maybe some of these uh, these Hollywood. Well, I was going to say the Hollywood writers that are on strike, but they're not very creative themselves. I mean, I mean, unfortunately, you and I could write really great false flag scripts for them, but I would never want to give these lunatics any ideas that they haven't already had. We're already living in a world that's been dominated by them, and um, and and look, it's it's a it's an interesting time to be paying attention. It's a very polarizing topic. I fully understand that, and people conflate the religious component of this with the the political side. And I always am, am quick to tell people, you know, to 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 say that somebody if, who's anti-Zionist is anti-Jewish is like saying that somebody that is anti-Republican is anti-Christian. Sure, there's right. a lot of Christians that feel re- that they are Republicans and. And sort of identify as that, but it's not a monolithic group, and it doesn't it doesn't have any sort of actual ties to to the religion. But I'll tell you, religion is a touchy subject, and, the, and if they won't don't want you to talk about it, they can always just tie it to religion, and that'll get most people to stay away from it for fear yes. of being tarred and feathered. That's Buck Johnson, everybody. You can catch his show Counterflow Counterflowpodcast.com is the place to go and find that. Thank you, Buck. We appreciate you, Jeffrey Wilson, in the first part of the hour. 
Thank you to Jeffrey Wilson. You can find him at That Podcast Network. I will be back here tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern. Don't burn the place down while I'm gone. Take care. Take care.